It's a cliche, but it's true. Us Londoners hate wasting our precious time. There's not much I'll wait for. The queue at Sonora Taqueria? Sure. Access to the Union Chapel's famously uncomfortable but quite cool wooden pews? Maybe, if it's a thrash metal band I like. But thanks to Freenow, the mobility super app, I don't have to wait long for my private ride or black cab. On average, a car is just six minutes away. Six minutes! And that's why I use Freenow to explore London. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. If you wet yourself, but you're in your own house, you technically haven't wet yourself. No, you have, but just no one can see. I haven't technically wet myself because I'm at her. I'm in my own kingdom. Where the laws are different. Why fight it? Good afternoon, good evening, good whatever. My name is Joe Makatich, the editor of Time Out London, and you are listening to Love Thy Neighbourhood, the podcast in which someone more agile, more dexterous, more deadly than myself gives me a guided tour around part of London that means a lot to them. Four locations in one area that they would give their own five-star rating to. Five stars, of course, is what we do at Time Out. When we like something a lot, we give over five stars, changing the course of history forever. Today, it's a dismal day, sadly. It's quite rainy and drizzly, but we're not going to let that bum us out at all. It's the area of Waterloo. Interesting area, Waterloo. Of course, this is the place that the Channel Tunnel originally went from. The people in France weren't a fan of that, of course. I remember there was a politician who petitioned Tony Blair to have the name of the station changed from Waterloo because of all the negative connotations. Tony was having none of it, of course. The rest of Waterloo is an interesting place. You might as well call it Culture Central. You've got the Haywood Gallery, you've got the rest of the South Bank, you've got the National Theatre, you've got the uh, Leak Street Street Art Tunnel area, and, of course, the Vault Festival. Uh, was here for years and years, London's biggest arts festival. I suspect we will end up down that end uh, a little bit later. At the moment, we're traipsing towards our first location through Lambeth North. The first location will be where I meet our guest today, who is the podcaster and comedian, Helen Bauer. Helen Bauer, of course, the host of Trusty Hogs podcast, very, very popular, and another one called Look At Me Daddy, where she interviews famous people about why they wanted to be famous in the first place that doesn't sound like the most sympathetic thing but I understand it's very very good she's also taken her stand-up show Grand Supreme Darling Princess all across the UK coming to London at the end of September uh, for a week at the fantastic Soho Theatre so do go and see her there looking forward to meeting her she seems like a very interesting person we've just arrived at our first venue and I'm standing outside of it so I'm gonna go in Okay, Helen, where are we and why have you brought me here? We're at the Imperial War Museum because this is the best museum in London. It is. And I, like, it's up there with the Shrek experience as far as like cool museums to go to. But this one's free and it's also where I spend all of my summer holidays. And like, I just think I'm from one of those liberal hippie families where we didn't go to Alicante, we didn't go to Disney. We'd come to these museums and me and my like siblings would have to make this our Disney. Right, so your, your friends are all going to... Alicante was the one. Alicante, yeah. or they're on the... Um... Magic Mountain, whatever it's called, and you're going to the trenches. <laughs> Magic, magical kingdom. Magical kingdom. 
Huntington. By the way you laughed at that, it suggests that you're like a big, like you're a Disney super fan. Oh, I'm a full Disney adult. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you were laughing at me for not quite understanding and appreciating. I found it disrespectful, if I'm honest. I can understand not knowing all these war terms, but not respecting the magical kingdom. It's quite, it's a bit of a mindfuck to be in a war museum and to be talking about Disney at the same time, to sort of be bringing them <laughs> all together. I'm so comfortable in these environments. This is this is what I did. Right. And I think anyone else who suffered a liberal childhood where they had to like come to these museums every weekend, they will understand the need to, like, this is our fun. Yeah. It's so messed up. Well, we're standing in the lobby now, which yeah. operates almost like as a sort of series of portals to different wars from history. Isn't that fun? You could go, you could, you could go into <laughs> anywhere you wanted to. The First World War is over there. Presumably the Second's over there. What war is calling to you at this stage? I mean, I think you have to start World War One e because mm. that's the one that you start at, right? Is that what you would refer to it as, World War One World War One yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, Stanley Kubrick's first film was about the trenches and everything. Did you ever see that? No. It's very good. It's What's very, it called? It's called Paths of Glory, and it's extremely uh, traumatic and mad. Oh, and, my um, goodness. Well, if, you, if you're into trenches and stuff... <laughs> See, it's a weird thing to say you're into. Yeah, but you are. It's, history is interesting. Mm. It just is. I feel like we've come into a very quiet part now. We are into a quiet... Yeah, this is um, sort of an interactive room that's showing a map of the world. It's got to be interactive. Everything's interactive Do you now. remember back in the day when museums were just pictures and facts? Nothing was interactive. And it was in the early noughties. They were like, we need to get the kids involved. Everything's immersive. Everything's interactive. There used to be here a walk-through trench walk through trench with a button for mustard gas can you imagine how did you find the trench lifestyle as a kid honestly i absolutely hated it i refused to go in and my mum said it was because in a past life i was in the trenches <laughs> wait wait well, one second no, no i'm not joking she said that you'd been a, what, a soldier in the trenches no in a past joke. life. No joke, because yeah. I cried when we got there to the trench experience and I refused to go in every single time. And she was like, it's because you're having flashbacks, my darling. Did she explain that to you? And, yes. And then I was crying and I was like, what side, what side? And because my surname is Bauer, which is German, she went, I can't even tell, darling. And like being told at that age that you might be the baddie, it's, it's really traumatising. That is, I would say... It, irresponsible on a, a grand scale, <laughs> but also very, very funny. He, Is it fu I think she did it because basically that year she found out that she was in the Titanic in a past life. Right. Because she couldn't watch the film without like her legs hurting. I don't, don't get me started. So then she was like, oh, well now everyone's got past lives and mine was the trenches. Yeah, she gave you the trenches. Uh, do you think she was like trying to be sort of responsible in telling you that, or was she sort of like? Uh... I think she's just one of those brilliant hippies yeah. that genuinely, if you have an emotional reaction to something, she's like, "Oh, here we go, yeah. here we go, my darling." Yeah. I'm like, probably just crying because I want to go to the gift shop. I feel like <laughs> she could have told you, like, "Oh, maybe you were a sort of First World War poet or something." Or a that would have been lush. Easier than telling. Like, what would you have wanted to be in the First World War? I'd like to be in the Entertainment Corps. They, they existed. I mean, I think a lot of the painters and stuff who were commissioned, they existed. Their stuff is now in this very museum. Like, we could have podcasted through the wall. We would no. have been great at it. But your mum instead said, no, you were there in with the, among the rats, getting trench foot, <laughs> slowly <laughs> rotting with everyone else. That's the thing. But then it's, like, stuck with me to the point where, like, I watch so much war films and I listen to war podcasts. Yeah. All the time. I watch and listen to Real Dictators. Yeah. 24-7. Really? Like, I am obsessed. Would, would you say it's history 
or death and destruction that you're obsessed with? See, that's what I don't want to find out. Mm, yeah. What do you think it is with me? Well, I, you're not I've looking only, me in the eye, which I feel like I've, I've only just met you, so I felt like it's a sort of it's an imposition for me to say anything. <laughs> no, you can. I mean, come on, I picked this as my first stop. Like clearly, I'm not doing well. well there's a certain amount of glee with which you talk about things to do with you know, trench warfare and dictators, <laughs> oh which suggests that there isn't an attraction there. You know, is it, you're not kind of um, disgusted by these things. This is it, this is it. <gasps> okay, I'll just for the benefit of the listeners. Helen and I have just arrived at The Trench. This is a version of what used to, it used to have lights flashing. There used to be waxworks in it. It was like a closed door situation. It was terrifying. Right. So we're going to walk through this now and you'll be like, how are you so scared? Mm. But this is nothing compared to what it was. And presumably nothing compared to real life, which you no, have No, which I now understand because I've watched Dunkirk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you watched Dunkirk and also you've experienced this in a former life. No, yeah. Don't. I'll have a flashback. <laughs> Please be respectful. If you had a flashback there, it might be you storming this trench with a bayonet. That's the thing. Yeah. We don't even know. Just with a machine gun turret on the other side. It's just unfortunate having the German surname in places like this. Yeah. How does it feel to speak German in the First World War trench? Give yeah, it, give uncomfortable. It a go. Give, oh, should I speak it? Give it a go. See how um, it feels. Okay, then we must a bit Deutsch reden. Um, ich finde es ein bisschen, oh yeah, nicht nicht ein perfekter Moment zum Deutsch reden in einem Museum. That now that was immersive. <laughs> <laughs> that was I don't think with my nice. voice being like, this doesn't feel right to speak here. <laughs> you got a lot of looks, a lot of glances speaking. I know, I know. Speaking Unfortunately, the forbidden language. German just should not be spoken in some places. You know, there's museums. In the First World War trend. <laughs> 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 but like, have you ever gone on holiday to Germany? Yeah, I love Germany. Yeah, yeah. me too. But like, you know, the um, like museums that are about that period of time. So obviously there's like... German people who work there. Right. And if like kids misbehave, people run around, they've got to tell them off and be like, no, be respectful. Yeah. But it's like, you can't yell in German here. Oh no. Like the optics of it are <laughs> so bad. So look at this, we've got all the, all the uniforms here, pictures of bombs going off. What a wonderful start to the day. Yes, yeah. I mean, I've got to say, it's before noon and we're looking at um, war stuff. In your, as a, as, I'm, as so, a, I'm laughing because I'm panicked. Not yeah, why have you brought me here? This is insane. This was actually a move I also did yeah. when I was like first um, was like living in London. I moved here when I was 18. Right. And um, to seem interesting to guys, I'd be like, do you want to hang out tomorrow? And they'd be like, yeah, do you want to go for a drink? And I'd be like, no. Do you want to go to the war museum? Like, <laughs> to try and be like, you know that phase when you're 18, you're like, I'm not like the other girls. No. I'm different from the other girls. Let's go to the trench experience. Yeah, I'm different <laughs> they from didn't other like girls. It. They didn't like it at all, actually. Mm. But I really kept plowing on with it. I've brought about like seven guys here over the years. Eight now. And eight. <laughs> <laughs> and are you loving it? Are you Do loving you know it? What? I'd say, I mean, I'm sort of intrigued. Yeah. yeah. It's different, as you say. You're going to not... come back to my house, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it look like the trench? I wish. Yeah. Imagine if you'd done your house to look like the trench as well. Don't, because if you say that to someone like me, I'm now thinking about how I could actually do that. And mm. my housemate would be, he'd be livid with me. Imagine opening someone's front door and her being like, sorry, it's a bit of a mess. And opening <laughs> the front door and it's just a trench going forwards. 
<laughs> well, thank you very much for thank giving you. me a tour around the trenches. Isn't that so nice that so there's like people up on their like school holidays? Yeah. There's like every generation, every sort of person. It's all free. I think this is one of the best things about London. Yeah. Is the museums are so free. Like you can just pop in. I absolutely love it, and I agree as well. You go abroad, and you're like, how much yeah, to go it's into? So bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Whereas terrible. Here, you can just jump in, and I just think that's just so brilliant. Yeah. Well, shall we move on to our second place? Yes, please. Awesome. Uh, lead the way. All right, Helen. Well, thank you very much for showing me around the Imperial War Museum and revisiting your trauma. Uh, it was very engaging. <laughs> thank you so much. It was it was actually a toss up between that or taking you to the other best museum in London, the Shrek Experience. Yeah, Shrek is a big, big deal now. A lot of the people who were sort of really young when it came out sort of look upon it with like rose tinted glasses. And there are there are Shrek raves. Do you know about those? What? Yeah, it started in America, uh, and now it's come here. There's one in. South London somewhere, I want to say uh, the Clapham Grand or something, and everyone turns up sort of Shrek-themed costumes. That is perfect. What would you dress up as at a Shrek rave? I like the um, gingerbread man. Yeah. So much. And the little German pigs. Well, yeah, you could do the accent. Yeah? I mean, anyone can do that accent. I suppose. Well, what's funny is that it's, it's got like a sort of, um, it's taken hold on uh, the minds of some of the younger people in the office and they almost compare everything they see to Shrek. When we were watching uh, the Queen's funeral, one of them just said quietly... Wait, you had a, you had a watch-along for the Queen's funeral in the office? Well, we had to cover it and talk about it and everything, <laughs> so it's purely professional. Um, and one of them just quietly said, it's giving Shrek. It's giving Shrek. Yeah, not entirely sure what was giving Shrek, but I think maybe it was just the horses and the pomp and the ceremony. I get it, it's giving Shrek. It's also like Shrek is like a royal family that he marries into. Like, of course it's giving Shrek. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, yeah. And, and you also a big fan of the Shrek experience. Yes. Not been to the Shrek experience. What does it consist of? Oh my God, it's so epic. So my friend took me for my birthday last year. Um, you basically go in and it's like, a million photo opportunities, which right. is what you do stuff for these days, right? You want the picky. And then you are basically Shrek's put in jail, okay? And you're like, oh my God, Shrek's in jail. And then you walk through with this group of like kids and then there's like adults with the kids and you have to do tasks to get to the next point. And then at the end of it, Shrek breaks out jail, that's a spoiler. And then you get a photo shoot with him. What's he in jail for? Is it a assault and battery? He was bad to Lord Farquaad. Right. Yeah, not assault and battery. No, he wouldn't do that. He's a nice man. Ogres, he's a gentle giant. He is a nice dude. <laughs> but the tasks, they're so fun. But the only problem is, because I went, like, it was for my 31st birthday. And I went with a friend who's also in her early 30s. But we didn't have any kids with us. And when they were like, every room, they're like, do you need a volunteer? And like, I'd put my hand up far. I would be before all the children. And they'd always pick the kids. Yeah. Did you say paid? Were they rolling their <laughs> eyes at that? The, the, the strange lady putting her hand up to be included yeah, over, oh, and over and over and over again. The adults that worked there were like, oh, bless that adult. What was bless the, that dear lady. What was the best bit of it? Oh, there's a oh <laughs> I'm getting overexcited now. There's a magical bus. And it's sort of like, you know, in um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when they sit on the boat ride? Yes. It's like that, but not, but sort of. That sounds amazing. It, it sounds genuinely really, really, really good. It sounds a bit like a sort of successor to the London Dungeon. But they jump out at you a London Dungeon. They do jump out. Uh, yeah. I cannot be, I can't, if my housemate is like in, but I can't see where he is, I'm panicking. What's he doing? Like, he figured out that my, like, 
worst thing is someone jumping out at me, so he would hide behind a door. Right. He's, he's in his 40s. How often is he doing this? I'm actually nervous saying this out loud because he's sort of forgotten about it for the last six months. Oh, OK. So it's not as bad. <laughs> but he was doing it daily for about six months. So you coming home every day was fraught with sort of nerves and anxiety. Oh, just... And I, like, I would, like... Because, you know, when you come home at the end of the day, you always need the toilet. Yes, always. Like, after the longest bus. And he'd be in the toilet. And I'm like, I will piss myself. Like, don't jump out at me. Don't <laughs> jump out at me. But I also have a theory. I don't know if you agree with this. If you wet yourself, but you're in your own house, you technically haven't wet yourself. Well, you have. No, you haven't, because you're at home. Yeah, but you've still, you've still got, like, urine down your legs. Yeah, but you're at home. You're not, you haven't wet yourself out and about. No, you have, but just no-one can see. I haven't technically wet myself, because I'm at home. I'm in my own kingdom. I see, yeah. There's also the thing where your body knows how close you are to your own toilet, and that's a killer. I tried to figure out a bit of stand-up for so long. Yeah. About, like, you know how your body, when you put the key in the door, yeah. it goes, it's go time. Yeah. Because you're you you're unlocking your bladder when you do yes. that. Yes. Yeah. But then, because you have to stop, you've, like, crossed your legs, and then you have to walk with a shuffle. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So Undignified. Stressful. But you, the moment you close the front door, you just let it all out, because you've not pissed yourself. <laughs> You're Everyone's going to think I'm just doing that. Every time I get home, just immediately wet myself. <laughs> but it's not wetting yourself in your own home. You're, as you phrased it, your own kingdom. My own kingdom. <laughs> yeah, where the laws are different, different it's traditions true. and customs. All systems go. Why fight it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Helen, we're at our second location. Do you want to say where we are? You are currently entering the biggest theatre bookshop in the UK. It's the National Theatre Bookshop. Oh, my Oy. goodness. <laughs> the largest theatre bookshop in the UK. It does look quite large. And That's the only good. bookshop I ever worked in. Another yeah. fascinating fact. <laughs> when I was working in it, it was the place that people would come up when they wanted to audition for drama school. Right. And they'd come into the bookshop and they'd like ask for like monologues they could do. I mean, I hate the phrase people watching, but that does sound very good for people watching. Oh, it was so good for people watching. Do you remember any particular monologue or any particular person? Oh, yes. I mean, I, I really hope the people that I recommended monologues to went on to be, like, massive stars. Yeah. But, like, I would always try and be like, I'm not going to recommend Romeo and Juliet because that's so root run. So I'd be like, oh, you guys, you really need to do, like, um, Cresta from Troilus Cresta. Well, that's a good or suggestion, like, though. do um, Joan Lapoussel from Henry VI Part One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they'd be, like, really impressed. And they'd ask me more about it. And I was like, oh, that's all I know about it. That's it. And that girl went on to be Kristen Stewart. <laughs> you never know, Yeah, you do though. never know. You never know. Are you not worried that by giving them, like, intentionally odd <laughs> monologues to read that you might have sabotaged their careers? No, I think I made them. Because right. then, like, I reckon people go in with the same monologue all the time, and then they'd go in with a different one, and then I had a part of their success. Yeah, you made them original. <laughs> you made them different. And also, because sometimes it can be really quiet in here during the day when there's not, like, a show on. I mean, like, obviously now it's the summer holidays. It's mm. amazingly busy. But it would be great because you could actually, like, chat with them about stuff. Were you a sort of responsible employee? Were you good at your job? I think I got told off once here for talking too long right. and sitting behind the desk. Well, but in general, I'm a very good employee. I just always get told off talking too much. Why weren't you meant to be behind the desk? Isn't that where the employee goes? Because you're supposed to be like tidying the books and like being available for people. Oh, and I was just like sitting behind the desk. Yeah. Like... You know, people think everyone who works in shops has a sixth sense for someone trying to ask them a question and they mm. avoid people who are about to ask them a question. So, you know, you're, you're, you're looking around. Do you around. think that? I think that, yeah. If I'm in a supermarket or a shop and I have a question mm -hmm. for an employee, they can smell the inquisitiveness 
radiating off me. <laughs> oh, no, and they it, run I, away from you. Yeah, you can see them make like right turns because they don't want to be asked. Okay, the only shop I've worked in other than this one, because I've usually been just catering, is um, accessorised in Oxford Street, and we had to ask everyone when they came in if they needed any help. Mm. But in my experience, people didn't want to be asked. No. Like, I think in some countries they want to be asked, like, do you need any help? Can I help with anything? But in Britain, people are just like, no, I just want to get my earrings. Yeah, service culture is different here compared to America. In America, they sort of exported the whole customer's always right thing. And over here, people are sort of like, they just want to be left alone And also in this bookshop, it's intimidating because like I was working in catering. I only worked in the bookshop a little, little bit. Like I was mainly espresso bar, which is over that side of the theatre. Mm-hmm. And in the bars, when they would do like shows, I'd serve people in the interval. But this was like such a cool coveted place because you got paid like two pounds more an hour. Mm-hmm. But the expectation of your knowledge was so intense. Well, it seems like quite a cool place. Do you, Thank look, you. looking around the shelves now, do any names jump out at you? Any, any books that... I don't recognise any of okay, them. Okay, so forget the but You want to just look at the plays because this is what you come here for. Like, there's loads of like novels and stuff that are all really good. Okay. But then you can see all of the shows that are currently on in London. You can get the scripts for them, so you can get like Fleabag script, but as well as like you can get like plays that are in fringe theatres in London get printed and sold here. Wow, it's an they amazing. Can also order in anything you want. So you've got like everything from like here, like Brian Friel, like a whole collection, and then like a friend of mine called Michael Ross, an amazing playwright. His books are sold here. Like, it's a cool thing, and I think it's, like, a really cool thing for, like, writers to first get, like, their play in the National Theatre. Yeah, absolutely. The Layman Trilogy, that was on recently, and everyone loved that, didn't they? I didn't actually see it. Oh, my God. No, now I'm going to, no like, I used to see every play. Yeah. I used to see... So we, we got free staff tickets, and I don't anymore. Do you it's miss bad. It? I do, because I try and go, but I only get, like, one night off a week, right? Because I'm always oh, gigging. yeah, I see, yeah. So this section is everything that's on the West End at the moment. The effect, Lucy Preble. Have you seen this, A Strange Loop? I'm very keen to. Me yeah. too. Apparently, apparently oh, go on, what did you hear? No, wait, what did you hear? <laughs> well, apparently it's just taken the world by storm. Our theatre critic, Anne Jay, loved it to bits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it sounds great. It sounds different as well. So I've heard the best things, but apparently in the musical theatre lyrics, they have the word felching mm. within musical theatre lyrics. And how often do you get that at the Barbican? Almost That's just never. something to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out everyone's got a different idea of what felching is. What's the... I knew you weren't going to leave that, by the way, because you no, said it. No, I'm sorry. You, you, I honestly... You had a look in your eye. I'm so as aware you, we were in a bookshop. Yeah, you had a look in your eye <laughs> as you finished the sentence that suggested there's more to well, this. Well, you're the editor of Time Out. I think you might know. Well, I didn't, what do want, you think I didn't it is? want to be the person to inquire. It wasn't going to come from me. Can you dictionary define felching for me, please? I think felching is like an anal oral activity also involving a hand job. Am I right? So I thought it was eating cum out the arsehole. Yes, yes, that, that sounds much so more like. So the hand job is where the here we go. They've looked it up for us. Felching, felching is a sexual act of licking or sucking semen out of a partner's anus. Yeah, so I'm okay. wrong. Sorry, I, no, I, I stand corrected. Job, maybe you thought you could give a hand job to get the cum, but I think you can do it from like many different means. I would always assume you just throw in a hand job. I think what we're trying to say here is definitely go book to see a strange loop at the Barbican. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it looks fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and look at these nice National Theatre products as well. There's a teddy bear. Are you a teddy bear person? Oh, yeah. You strike me as a person that would be. I'm a Disney adult. Any yeah. of this, I want. Yeah. There's a nice teddy bear. Do you have one of these, these National Theatre teddy bears? Actually, they didn't have these here when I worked here. I'm gutted now. I might buy you one as a present. <gasps> yeah, as a gift. It's a, no, it's you a podcast won't. gift, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, I can't believe I get a gift. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Please may I have the teddy bear. This is Thanks. the best. Do you sell loads of these? Mainly to children and then adults like me. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Amazing.
Oh my God, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy. Love Thy Neighbourhood is sponsored by Freenow, the mobility super app. Thanks to Freenow, I can get to where I need to go in London in a private ride, black cab, e-scooter or e-bike. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. This is where the Volts Festival is for like Volt comedy Festival. and theatre. Absolutely yeah. amazing that thing, and it's sad they've they're going to have to find a new home. I think 2023 was the last year. But they said that the year before as well. So I'm hoping it's one of those things where like they're always thinking yeah. they have to, but then they never actually do. Next to it, of course, is the Channel Bar Hell because. Yeah. This used to be obviously where the Channel Tunnel went from. And do you remember your first trip on the Channel Tunnel? Oh my God, I think I do. <laughs> okay, I was six and it was the summer of 1997. Right. And I was there over the 31st of August, which we know as the day that Lady Diana died. Wow. No freaking joke. Yeah, yeah. That well, no wonder you remember it. when it was, yeah. Yes, <laughs> because I was a sleepwalker at the time and I'm really worried I slept, walked out of the hotel room, was in the tunnel and I'm the reason. You glossed over that one. You were a sleepwalker <laughs> at the time. I was a sleep. Well, I don't. I've slept walked once this year. Okay, that's good. But I was a regular sleepwalker as a child, like a really creepy sleepwalking child. How does it like properly manifest? Are you going on long walks or are you just sort of standing up? And... <laughs> no, sometimes my parents would find me sometimes in the garden. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> just like on the climbing frame, and they'd be like, "What? The, what's Dig happening with this kid?" Digging a trench. Yeah. Get back into your former We've life. We've got to get a protection. They're coming, mummy. <laughs> They're coming. It's Bring the boys. Fault. We're She's going the over the top. Who's on the watch? <laughs> well, we're standing outside of our third location. You're pointing at the window excitedly. <laughs> Could you say where we are? Welcome to Condita, the best cakes in London. So I used to work in like sourdough bakeries and stuff, and I like buns, I like those sweet treats, but cake for me is just such a staple, like a classic cake. And the cakes here are next level. Wow. Well, let's go in and find You're out. You're going to lose. I'm so excited to watch you guys try this. Like, <laughs> you've got no idea how excited I am. Like, you're going to literally all make out with me after this because you're going to be so happy. It was only a matter of time. Yes. Wow. You're pointing at the curly whirly cake. Real vanilla bean, cream cheese, frosting, in and around layers of dark chocolate sponge. That does sound good. So these are the classics. The curly whirly cake is like the famous one. I don't know if it's famous like just between me and my friends mm. or just generally famous, but it's incredible. Yeah. This I've had recently, the chocolate noisette cake. Wow. It's so good. Yeah, that's like a good it's a four inch high slab. Oh, it's slabs, yeah. Yeah. They're taking it seriously. I have my eye on the on the passion fizz cake, which looks nice. See, I never go for passion fruit. It's too tart. Mm. It's too tart. You are drawn to the brown ones. I really am. Yeah, immediately. Really intensely, actually. Well, okay. Let's do it. Let's order can some we? cake. Can we? I think we can. can we? I think we're allowed. Oh my goodness, amazing. Hello, may I please have one curly whirly cake, one curly whirly brownie, one salted caramel brownie and one passion fruit fizz, please. Thank you. Amazing. And I noticed there that you said, please may I have. Okay. When you ordered, yeah. I decided a while ago that I was going to try and bring that back as a thing. You did? Yeah. On Some Chloe episode. Pets' episode, yes. And yeah, maybe it influenced you subconsciously and you did it. Maybe it did. Please may I have. It's coming back. What do people say that you don't like? Can I get? Can I get? Oh, yeah, can, can I, I get? get? Yeah. It just sounds too American for me. I always think I'll take 
I start doing that recently. I don't know where I've got it from, but like, I'll take this. Mm. I'm like, where's that? How does it compare to the bakery that you worked at, where, where you were doing bread and We stuff? didn't do cakes. This no. was like a sourdough bakery, which is now closed down, but it was very good, called the Brick House in East Dulwich. Oh, nice. Do you still make bread and things as a I, hobby? Oh, I was not the bread maker. Oh, okay. I was the person that handed the bread over. Oh, right, okay. I you was weren't not in charge of making the bread. Not allowed near the yeast. It, actually, that became a joke at the place. Like, don't let Helen near the yeast. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you so, so much. You're going to go watch us down these on the street right now. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was never a sweet tooth person growing up, weirdly, yeah. Not even, like, birthday cake. Not even that, yeah. I know that's inherently suspicious and weird. Do you something really bad? Every now and again, I just buy a birthday cake. What? Like where? from Sainsbury's, like the cheap, one of those cheapest the £3 celebration £51. cake, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm celebrating tonight. You just go and in. It's and just me alone <laughs> watching TV. You can, you can, you can have, the, you can like have a, a sort of. You can tell them it's because you work in an office. It's, oh, it's another person's birthday today. I did not even explain myself. No. I'm just like, it's my cake. I'm having a nice time in. And it's nice when it's not your birthday to like sing a little song. Yeah. Well, you sing I yourself sound happy so birthday. I'm so sad right now. <laughs> Get no. out the candles, yeah. get out the balloons, yeah, yeah, yeah. put on some TV. Part of me wants to reassure you that it doesn't sound sad, but then also it's heartbreakingly tragic. <laughs> what are you watching on TV when war films? Yeah, <laughs> just me, Dunkirk, and a celebration cake from Sainsbury's. <laughs> Happy birthday. Watching all those lives lost. Oh, God. Let's see. Yeah. Right, well, we've eaten our cakes. I had the passion fruit fizz. Passion, the passion fizz? You had fizz? the passion fruit fizz. Yeah. I had a curly whirly, and then I got a passion fruit fizz and two milk chocolate curly whirlies to take away. You've done very I commit, well. I commit to the bit. Yeah, and you enjoyed it? <laughs> I enjoyed it. Are you yeah. kidding? It was also like watching you guys have your first conditor cake experience. It's true. My eyes have been open to it. It was like delicious. Genuinely like really light and fluffy and yes. tasty. It was great. Yes. But we are now at our fourth location, our final location. We're gonna get absolutely smashed, aren't we? Get on the fucking lash. I think let's get wrecked and then jump in the Thames for a swimmy. That sounds fun. Let's do it, let's do it. Are we all in? I've got my swimsuit under my clothes, just in case. 24 seven, always have them. Let's say where we are first. Oh, a Waterloo tap? <laughs> <laughs> let's go in. Let's go in. <laughs> Please may I have something similar to a Guinness? See, I always drink wine, but now I want the Czech lager. Well, don't hold back. Follow your dreams. Right, because it looks like it's going to taste like an Augustina. Oh my God, yeah, let's try it. Let's try one of every single one of them. <laughs> In a half pint, maybe. <laughs> Thank you. But this isn't the pub that you originally chose. What no, was my pub is being refurbished this summer. What was that one called? The Hole in the Wall. Why do you like it's the Hole in the Wall? It's just around the corner, because it literally is a hole in the wall. Right. It's so minging. It's like the grimmest, like incredible old school, it's not even a pub, it feels more like a club, like a working man's club. And then like the beer garden is just tarpaulins and it always smells like wee, but you never know if it's coming out fresh or it's just been there for ages. It's a bit of mystery. It's incredible. I think the fashion for pubs that are sort of pristine and cool is, yeah. is sort of coming to an end slightly. People like places that are sort of very aggressively mundane. I think it's also just the prices of things. Like oh, the whole yeah. world is just so reasonable for yes. what it is. It, it says a lot about London that you have to go somewhere that quite literally stinks of piss to get a cheap pint. True that, true that. Uh, but we're not there, we're, we're in a place that you've just heard an enormous metal beam being dropped. Welcome to central London. Yeah, we are under the railway arches at the Waterloo Tap. This is quite nice though. I'm wondering if anyone
anyone can actually hear the railway arches because I love this sort of like feeling of like we're about the trains coming over us. It's very ASMR-y. It is a bit ASMR. There's, it's a bit Blitz vibes as well. You're bringing it back to the Blitz. Back yes, the Blitz. please. It's the Blitz Craig. Let's get under the archways and sing Tipperary. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most pints you ever had? Probably four because I get very gassy with pints. Yeah, it's true. They are they are gassy. I can drink wine like downing wine in a bad way. I can physically be in a bad way really? drinking wine. Yeah. Do you know about wine as well? Like, do you no, have a wine? nothing. No, no, no. It's are you not pure... curious to know? About... I mean, I don't know anything about wine. I know but... enough to be like, I know I like that one. I know I don't like that one. Yeah. But I wouldn't be able to tell you why or right. like where's it from. But beer-wise, I just like a lager, yeah. and I can't drink that much of it because I get so like bloated, gassy, and uncomfortable. And I think it's hard to down a pint. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not saying it's toxic masculinity. I actually respect the lads who can do it. Who can just chug pints. Yes. Yeah, I, I think uh, as you get older, you get a sort of inbuilt thing of knowing exactly where your limit is. For me, you get to a certain point in the evening, and you suddenly realise you've left. Because an alarm has gone on in your head, <laughs> and it's just gone. Time to get you home, and you've like made you've a sort of. Like you've woken up almost on the way home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you're and you're just navigating back home, and you sort of momentarily sort of wake up a bit while you're walking, and it's almost like waking up in the passenger seat of a car yeah. while you're being driven, and then you think it's okay. I mean, but it's so rare now that I will get absolutely messed up drunk. If it's not a wedding, like not by my house, yeah. like I will always go to local pubs yes. or just drink in my own garden. Like I do not want to travel to get drunk. What kind of a pub do you favour? Oh, somewhere with a good smoking area. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> the worst answer, but honestly... It's like, truthful. A good pub garden with a covered section, I prefer. Because also, I'm only 32, but it's so loud inside of pubs. They're and getting I know louder. it's loud because of people like me screaming. Right. Yeah. I, I'm aware that I am... Uh, it's not music, it's people like me. It's big, confident women who are like, I've got something to say. But... I just, I can't hear in them. Mm. So I want a nice big beer garden and I want it to be autumn time. Yeah. Because I also like, when everyone goes to the beer garden, but they're not smokers, mm. I'm like, this isn't for you. No. I don't smoke inside your pub. Don't you come into my garden. Yeah, your culture. <laughs> which is not how it works. Your culture is not their costume. Yes. Mm. Thank you for saying that. That's okay. But you want to be outside <laughs> so you can talk as loudly as you want and not hear your own voice reverberating off the walls yeah, back Yeah, you have to hear other people. Yeah, that's So, like, true. a good garden, um, board games. When like you are touring, is it hard not to get pissed all the time? It's, um, you actually don't. Like, it's up to you. Same as everything in life. It's your choice if you drink. The only thing is that you're constantly offered drinks. Right, yeah. So, like, I do like drinking, but I don't like drinking at work that much. No. So, like, I might have a drink after a gig, but, like, you're constantly like, do you want to drink, do you want to drink, do you want to drink? And it's like, you just have to be like, I, I, I actually don't. I actually yeah, don't, well, that actually sounds don't. very responsible. That, yeah. like, presumably, you're doing comedy, part of your brain's going, oh, this would be so much better if you weren't slightly pissed. Some people are really good when they're drunk on stage. I've been drunk on stage before and it's been okay, but with a tour show, like, I don't, I don't like performing drunk that much. No, I mean, it's, there, there's been uh, a ton of musicians who are, who are sort of perfectly fine to play music while, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, what's his name? Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. I've got no idea who that is. Oh, <laughs> I'm it, so sorry. A, a long Could dead... Can you make a reference to S Club 7 with what you're trying to make as a point? It's like S Club 7, okay. but like uh, Texan with more like shaved heads. Okay, and... I'm lost again. Yeah. Well, he was a dude <laughs> capable of, you know, drinking an insane amount of whiskey or whatever mm -hmm. and, and playing immaculately. So who is the comedy equivalent of that, do you think? 
who can drink the most and still do an amazing gig. Yeah. Oh, my God, just go to any open mic in London. Really? Yeah, because everyone's so nervous. Like, I was drunk my first, like, six months of gigs. Mm. And, like, they're doing it, and they've, like, because they're so nervous, their adrenaline is so high, even though they've drunk so much, they don't even appear drunk. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Did you watch, like, footage back and think, oh, my God, I'm Oh, my God, thank God I never filmed any of my early gigs. Oh, Like, I started before the... You had to film everything, yeah. right? So I've got voice recordings of a couple of things, but my first gig was so bad. What sort of stuff did you talk about? Oh my god, I was such an, such a shit. I was like, well, I guess I'm naturally funny, so um, I'll just go on stage and I'll just riff, I'll just talk. Wow. Like no joke, the absolute <laughs> absolute arrogance of me. How many seconds did you last before oh, your mind ten just seconds, emptied out? Ten seconds. Um, I was really drunk. I was like, I want to talk about this boy that I fancied that didn't love me back. Yeah. And then was like talking about that, and the audience was like, "What's wrong with her?" And I was like, Ugh. "And um, then I played Share Believe <laughs> <laughs> out loud from my phone down the microphone, and it was in like, I started doing stand up in Germany, yeah, and it was in this like tiny little bar. It was so bad. So you cut your teeth in Germany, yeah, like the Beatles, yeah, Genau, yeah, like exactly the, Beatles. the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's quite the same. Let yeah. that be a warning uh, to everyone whose friends <laughs> tell them. You should be a stand-up. You're really, really funny. Just, yeah. just go on stage and talk. Because Helen tried that and fucked it up. <laughs> so, and then I got really obsessed with like writing my sets really intensely. And now I've almost gone back to just sort of like just ideas and just talking them through. How yeah. long did it take to get to the point where you were like, no, I, I need to actually write some material? Oh, the, uh, like ten seconds after I came off stage <laughs> from that gig. Yeah, like literally immediately. What's the place that you like performing at the most? Oh my god, I love the Bill Murray in Angel in Islington. I think it's the one stage. It's like the room is the perfect size that you can go on with like a bit that's really tight that you've worked on for ages and like really gag heavy and perform it and it feels good but you can also go on with just an idea oh, really? and work it out and I think it's so few stages where you feel comfortable doing new material and like solid material yeah it's a great place I absolutely I love it do you go well I live quite close to it ish so it's nice to just wander in there and stuff and just see what's on it's cool I think it's twinned with one on Camden Passage as well it is Camden Head yeah that was it yeah yeah Yeah. I've seen some weird stuff in there upstairs yeah Yeah, like um, (laughs) what you did uh, what what you did by mistake in your first open mic is what people often do there on purpose yeah with a kind of aggressive anti-comedy thing yes yeah, it can be super intense. Why do I love it so much? I don't know. It's just the I always experience. think that's the hidden gem of London is like, don't go see final performances of shows. Go see people learning. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's the best side of it. Vault Festival around here had its yes. fair share of absolutely far out stuff. Yeah. Like this year, the last year it was well, allegedly the last year it's going to be in the area. Mm-hmm. One of the shows that you know we listed it was, uh, it, you know, not for me to say what's over the top or not. I'm oh, yeah, trying subjective. to choose my it's words very carefully. Yeah. There was a woman who stands there naked and hangs uh, bits of metal off her labia uh, in front of an audience. I'm obsessed. Look it up. I, it, it was, I think it got a lot of publicity at the time. How heavy was the metal? Heavy, I think. And how did she hook it in? I think with like hooks, just with actual like, like flesh like hooks. Like beef hooks. Like I through, think so. Through, yeah. through the labia. Honestly, look it up. I don't want to sort of misrepresent her art form. No, she sounds incredible. I'm super into yeah, that. Yeah, she's out yeah. there somewhere and stuff. And, you As know. a woman with elastic-y labia lips, I'd like to see what other women can do. Okay, yeah. You could set yeah. up a sort of rival troupe or something. No, no, no. Just pure support. Women support women, man. Uh, yeah, why, well, <laughs> why is my first reaction trying to set you against each other? Yeah, I'm backing her all the way. She sounds incredible. She does sound pretty good. <laughs> anyway, at this juncture, We've been focused on Waterloo. Now let's talk about London in general. So I just want to ask you a few quick-fire questions about your favourite things that you would give five stars to Okay. in London. Okay. Here we go. This feels like a lot of pressure. Well, don't overconsider it. 
just whatever you feel no, comes I've, to mind. The problem is I've never over-considered anything in my life. So well, there's be a normal. good chance. I'll be like, yeah. what's your favourite pizza? And I'll be like, Domino's! Yeah, <laughs> freeze up. Well, let's start there. What's your five-star slice? I mean, it's Domino's pizza. What is it about Domino's that you like? It's the best taste. Right. And if you do it on a Tuesday, it's so bargainous. And the garlic and herb dip is incredible. Right. And you, you've got all the different toppings. Is today a Tuesday? Yes. So do we think maybe today could be a Why Domino's? Why do you think I insisted we met at 10.30 this morning? <laughs> so I'm uh, feasting, baby. <laughs> if, it wasn't, if it wasn't Domino's, is there another one that sort of jumps to mind? Yeah, Theo's is really good. Theo's is amazing, mainly because their pizza's really good, but they do those like really good like risotto-y, no, what's it called, croquettas. Oh. Like mozzarella, tomato, potato, yeah, deep yeah, fried yeah. croquettas, so good. Oh, that sounds wicked. What about five-star tourist attraction? Oh my God, there's so much. With, okay, if it's not the Shrek adventure, um, feeding the parrots mm -hmm. outside of Buckingham Palace is really, really cute. Um, what? Buckingham you know, Palace, the parrots? Yeah, out front in St. James's Park. If you like crack an apple in half and hold it up, all these parrots come and land on you and feed. It's is that a so real thing? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, crack an apple outside of Buckingham Palace and the parrots will, yes. like, like the birds, they'll sort of fly into you. And... Yeah. Okay, cool. What about your five-star tube station? My favourite tube station would have to be, I like Ballum. What's so good about Ballum? I like that it's got those like grand staircases on either side that you sort of like come down and it sort of opens up and it makes me think I'm in Anastasia. Very grandiose. <laughs> what is your five star park in London? Oh my God. Okay, Myers Fields. It's tiny. Don't know it's it. In, it's like in between Camberwell and like Loughborough Junction and it's just really cute and perfect and tiny and I love it. Yeah. Okay. Five star burger. Five star burger? Yeah. Oh my God, I eat honestly the most minging food. So like anywhere that's open when I need it at like 1am, like it can be rat meat and I'll be absolutely fine. Okay, so yeah. any burger at all, any meat at like, all? Ideally from somewhere that doesn't have like a health and safety rating. Oh, okay, gotcha. And like, yeah. you, they're like, do you want lettuce? And you're like, when was it cut up? And they were like, mm, February, yeah, like yeah. that sort of a place. You only notice the health and safety ratings when they're actually proud of them and they sort yeah, of yeah, print yeah, them yeah. out really, really The big. ones that have hidden them. Yeah, they're the ones that you go for. <laughs> what about a five star cup of coffee? Oh my God. Okay, the National Theatre Espresso Bar does do really good coffee. Obviously Monmouth coffee. The queue is, it's too long for what it is, but it is really good. Folds Cafe right. on the edge of Ruskin Park is really good though. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. What's your five star pint? Or glass of wine, I know you're partial. Five star, I mean, Gordon's Wine Bar is so good, but you have to get there at the right time because otherwise it's just not worth the wait. You are obsessed with like doing things with the timing exactly right, aren't I'm you? I'm so, I'm half German. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all about the timing. When you wake up in the morning, can you see the day <laughs> being laid out before you hour by hour? I don't it's know a... whether this is bad, but it's like, it's such a traditional London thing. Like, I just like to have like a bottle of wine with a friend in a park and like you're playing the game of like hiding it from someone. Wait, but what? sort of like, cause you're not allowed to drink in all the parks, right? Of course you're not, yeah. So yeah. like, just that sort of vibe. I love that. Yeah, do you have a five star takeaway? Oh, here we go. Okay, should we go on my Deliveroo? Yeah, what's it You're about group? to be disgusted. I get everything Deliveroo'd, including all my groceries. I can't remember the last time I actually went into a supermarket. Okay, so we've done Dishoom. Dishoom is a good really choice. Really good. Nando's, Nando's Theo's, Co-op, Co Gourmet Burger Kitchen, KFC. This falafel and shawarma place is so good in Camberwell. It's just called falafel and shawarma. Falafel and shawarma. Yeah. Rose's Thai. Classic, yeah. Yeros. Absolutely like, great. It's, I everything is the, I, there's a place called Flutters which does really good fish and chips what would you have been getting from the co-op over the room oh my god okay at the moment I'm obsessed with the little mini magnums like those big boxes yeah. of them and I go through all of them and then I get a box of bounty ice cream bars
child, I've got an ice cream problem. Okay. And then I get loads of like, like two loaves of bread, and then I get like four jars of peanut butter and then I binge that until I feel really sad Wow! and then the next morning I'm like I won't do it the next day and then I order it exactly again so I'm like oh the reek's ruined I'll start next week exactly I've yeah. got a healthy mind well yeah and so one betide it's the Tuesday as well and that happens to fall on the, the Domino's day at the same time but the good thing is my housemate's out today so I can order Domino's because he doesn't like being there when I order Domino's because of this breakdown that happens after it what is the post Domino's crash that he fears so much oh my god it's so intense because it's like I always think I'll do two for Tuesday and I'll have one for next day for lunch and obviously that's not how the world works no it's not but like you're gonna eat it yeah so then I'm eating it and then I can't stop because it's so addictive yeah and then I start feeling sick and then I need him to give me love and attention and tell me that I'm beautiful and that mm. I'm doing well in life and then he's like no you've done this to yourself and then I start crying but I don't have the ability physically anymore because yeah. I'm so full to like lash out so I'm just on the sofa like a tortoise stuck on its back yeah yeah and then I'm there screaming and there's garlic and herb dip everywhere and then I'm like we need to get some coke in because like not coke like that like coca-cola because sure. i need to like cut through the grease that's in my body and then he's like i can't even talk to you and then i have like a little moment of feeling better when i'm like really satisfied and then i put on like a war film <laughs> and then i just have a breakdown because i have everything like pizza and they had nothing apart from trench fur did your flatmate know what he was signing up for when he just decided to uh, live honestly with he did yeah he did my old housemate my best friend from school she messaged him being like are you sure sure yeah and, and he was he like, went, yeah, well, how the bad can it good. be? The rent's good. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Domino's as well will be very, very happy with the first half of this conversation where you said just really, really <laughs> like Domino's. Less happy with the second half where you describe like suffering like an ego death on the sofa, it's, like surrounded by like mayonnaise dips and things it's like so that. Physically, very like not everyone can do a Domino's two for Tuesday. I do believe that. Like yeah. I can't do a marathon, but the, I can binge eat like no one's business. Yeah, it's a feat of strength. It's yeah, a feat, it's a feat I can of eat mental through strength. Pain barriers. Yeah, like yeah. I can be like, there's physically no more room left. I will find it. Well, thank you very, very much for showing me around Waterloo today. You're welcome. Thank you for my teddy bear and my cake and my coffee and my pint. You're more than welcome. I feel the like the, the sugar crash is going to settle in any minute now. No, but Domino's will be ordered when I'm on the bus home. Okay, that's clever. I'm not a moron. You're doing things in an ordered way. <laughs> anyway, thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much to Helen Bauer for showing me around Waterloo, all the places she used to work uh, when she was here, uh, the places she used to drink. It was really, really good. Uh, what an amazing person. If you want to see her show, Grand Supreme Darling Princess, it's the final week of September at the Soho Theatre, sure to be really, really good. And if you still want more, Little Miss Baby Angel Face is available to stream. That's her special on YouTube and places like that. Well worth watching, I think. If you want to hear uh, more from us, uh, do check out Love Thy Neighborhood, this podcast, Apple, Spotify, all those sorts of places, and subscribe. There'll be a new episode every single Tuesday, a new person showing me around London, uh, showing you a side of the city you didn't know existed, hopefully. Lovely to spend time with you. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, see you later. Cheerio. Sometimes you need to make a quick escape. Just the other day, I was enjoying a pint with some time-out friends after work, and I realized that my poor hairy son Cronus was still waiting for his dindins, and I never want my dog to go hungry. Thankfully on free now, the average ride or black cab is just six minutes away. One app, more ways to travel. Feel free now. I'm coming, Cronus, good boy.